A bear scout is honest as the day is long. Admits when he or she is wrong. Respects the creatures of creation. Views TV in moderation. Is never cruel, rude, or mean. Plays the game fair and clean. Does his or her best at school. Following the golden rule. Always respects the rights of others. Including, including even sisters, sisters or brothers. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week... Anyone who's listened to Deep in Bear Country from the beginning knows that we've encountered our bear characters in many different universes and continuities. Right off the bat, we had Brother Bear puzzling out his subconscious anxieties in his ever-changing dreamlands. We visited a world where Papa Bear could run for office and win. And whatever happened to Mama's quilt shop? Lost to the mists of fantasy? Each television show is set firmly in its own iteration of bear country. The Cub Club books still allow non-bear species the gift of speech. And the big chapter books pulled a hard reboot on the series, aging up our cubs and introducing them to the wicked temptations of drugs, murder, and television production. Yes, if there is one thing that can be said about bear country continuity, it's that there sure is a lot of it, and it's fairly discontinuous. Which brings me to this week's book, and a little talk about the Bear Scouts. Now, Phil, I know you're yelling at your phone. We know about the Bear Scouts. The Bear Scouts are nothing new. They've been with us since episode 5, 1967's The Bear Scouts. We know these people. They're a loose conglomeration of male and female cubs, typically led by brother, who participate in vague scouting activities, sometimes under the aegis of scout leader Jane, and always in opposition to a not-always-well-meaning Papa Q Bear. The Bear Scouts organization seems to be a fairly self-sufficient organization, considering we've never seen a group outside the four or five cubs in bear country, and whether or not there's a central council, an ultimate goal, or even tiers to the organization, whether there even is an organization, has remained clouded in mystery. Phil, we know the Bear Scouts. You don't need to talk about the Bear Scouts. But don't we? I mean... Yes. I mean, we do. I mean, yes, we do. Because if there's one thing I'm sure of, it's that not a few of you are currently confusing the Bear Scouts with the Bear Detectives. Oh, right. Admit it. You were. I know I was. I know I do. I do it all the time. The Bear Scouts and the Bear Detectives are similar loose conglomerations of male and female cubs, typically led by brother who participate in various activities. However, While the Bear Scouts are typically engaged in activities related to increasing their badge intake, the Bear Detectives are typically engaged in activities related to solving mysteries like the missing pumpkin or the missing dinosaur bone or the missing honey. Now, they frequently come up against a not-always-well-meaning Papa Q Bear, and their mystery-solving techniques are remarkably similar to their merit badge acquisition techniques, so it's fairly easy to understand where the confusion comes from. They even wear activity-specific hats, pith helmets for the scouts, and deer stalker caps for the detectives. However, 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 they are two distinct groups, however indistinct they may be. So, when it came time for Stan and Jan and Mike and Leo to branch off 
from the big chapter books, which had shown a bit of success in the youth chapter book market, and create a spinoff that focused on mystery solving, cold deduction, and the need for a group of young bear detectives, it made total sense that the new chapter book spinoff would focus on the Bear Scouts. Right. In perhaps the strangest marketing misstep in the history of bear country, it was decided that the notion of the adventures of a bunch of do-gooder, oath-taking scouts was more inviting to 10-year-olds than the notion of a group of mystery-solving kids. And thus, the chapter book series, The Berenstain Bear Scouts, was born. Now, let's tie this all together with where we started. Continuities, universes, character development. Where do the Berenstain Bear Scouts... Where does the Berenstain Bear Scouts fall in the grand overarching continuity of bear country? Do these adventures slot nicely in with the rest of the big chapter books? Do they nestle in with the established scouting adventures of the first-time books? Or are they somewhere in between, forming a little pocket continuity all their own, situated somewhere in a gateway for new readers universe that plucks aspects of the various continuities, creating a world I can only dub Bear Country Zeta? Yes. Yes, 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 and Yes, you're all correct. The Berenstain Bear Scouts are their own thing. Gone are the distractions of young love, school, social interactions. These books are all about mysteries, cryptids, spooky dukes, and Ralph Ripoff. Oh, and villains. That's right. Weasel McGreed finally raises his creepy head and gets the print introduction, the printroduction he deserves. Now, who's Weasel McGreed? You want a plot? Here. This week's book is The Berenstain Bear Scouts and the Humongous Pumpkin from 1995. And if you think I've misspelled humongous about a hundred times, you you win a merit badge. Is, that's, is that how merit badges work? Do you win merit badges? Is it called winning them? Anyway, uh, in this book, we are introduced to our Bear Scouts, Brother Sister, Cousin Fred, and Lizzie Bruin. Or as we better get used to calling them... Scout Brother, Scout Sister, Scout Fred, and Scout Lizzie, because, oh boy, that's how the narration addresses them in almost every paragraph. Sorry, parents, if your tongue is used to calling these characters by their first names, because now you have to add Scout to each one as you read aloud. And since they are the central characters of each story, you need to figure out how to say Scout Sister without revealing the ugly fact that your pronounced sibilance has only increased with age. Now, at the top of the episode... This episode, you heard the Bear Scout Oath, a new thing to the world of bear country and a mysterious thing to the world of us reading and books. Because it's not clear if this is the official oath of the Bear Scouts or a unique thing to the Cubs. I mean, it's written and framed and signed by the Scouts and hanging on the wall of their secret clubhouse. And oh, did I mention they have a secret clubhouse now? In a weird callback, to the Berenstain Bears and the Slumber Party, the Scouts, and I keep wanting to call them the Cubs, but dang it, they didn't spend 10 years at scouting school for us to not call them the Scouts. The Scouts have adopted Farmer Ben's abandoned chicken coop as their hangout. And if you remember, Lizzie had come up with the idea of using Farmer Ben's abandoned chicken coop as a clubhouse way back in the Berenstain Bears and the Slumber Party, but it had proved to be too much of an abandoned chicken coop for comfort and the scouts, being the can-do, stick-to-it, scrub-all-the-crusted-on-poop-off-the-roost-and-ignore-the-baked-on-stink-and-where-are-ben's-chickens-now-anyway kind of scouts, they have transformed 
the abandoned chicken coop into a secret clubhouse that is secret to everyone except presumably Farmer Ben and probably Mrs. Ben, which means probably to no one. The scouts meet in secret and connive to win more badges to add to their badge wall. And this meeting is all about winning the Creative Merit Badge, which seems like it would be a fairly easy badge to win, considering you just have to make a pass at doing something creative, whatever that means. And isn't the mere act of brainstorming about creative activities a creative activity itself? Are they not doing the thing? Is this not the thing they're doing? Is this not right? Well, brother, scout brother, wants to enter the spookiest pumpkin contest at the big pumpkin festival. And oh, look, this is tying in nicely with the season. Happy Halloween, everyone. Bats, ghosts, chains, skeletons. And I guess, I mean, I guess that's a good way to be creative. It seems like a lot of work, but that's why I dropped Cub Scouts myself. Too much work. Too much work. Also, the Pinewood Derby is rigged. They only give awards to the kids with the fastest cars, not the kids with the cars they made at the last minute and covered in Pac-Man stickers. Rigged. Rigged to favor winners. But in the midst of all this merit badge chitter-chatter, Lizzie Bruin has witnessed a curious happening. Ralph Ripoff has walked across the field outside the clubhouse, stopped by a tree, and vanished. So here begins the story and the mystery, and if you think it may get messy and convoluted and potentially involve a literal war machine rising from the subterranean depths, then welcome to bear country! Settle in. Oh, that rumbling you're feeling in your seat? Yeah, that's a technodrome somewhere in the vast series of underground tunnels beneath Beartown. Set a spell. Kick your shoes off. I can barely remember what happens in this book. Things get weird. Fast. So first, did you know Ralph Ripoff has a theme song that he sings to himself when he thinks he's alone? Well, he does. Ralph Ripoff is my name. Ripping folks off is my game. I lie, I cheat, I borrow and beg. I'm crookeder than a hind dog's leg. And what I like even better than honey is lots and lots of other bears money. Or something. I don't know. It doesn't give you any kind of sheet music accompaniment. It just prints a bunch of lyrics. A bunch of lyrics. So, that's a thing that happens. Another thing that happens is we're taken back in time to a few seconds earlier just so we know exactly what happened to allow Ralph to disappear, which is kind of cool, I guess, but also immediately dispels a lot of the mystery from this here mystery. And what happened to Ralph? It was probably nothing as interesting as him actually disappearing, right? Right? I mean, wrong. It's a lot more interesting. Ralph approaches a tree, glances around, pushes a bump, which opens a sliding door, steps inside, and plunges through the earth in an earth car, which deposits him in Weasel World, the underground home of the Weasels, as led by Weasel McGreed. And oh, did you know they've always been there plotting the overthrow of Bear Country? Did we know this was a thing? Because it's a thing now. Weasel McGreed was a villain in the ABC Saturday Morning series at a time when Every show needed a villain. Even the adventures of Winnie the Pooh introduced villains. Winnie the Pooh, Stan the Woozel, and Hef the Heffalump in Winnie the Pooh. Weasel McGreed was the leader of the Weasels in Weaseltown and always plotting, with the help of Raffish Ralph, to overthrow Bear Country? He wanted to land. It was tired of living underground. He was your typical vague Saturday morning villain. And most of the entertainment of his scenes with Ralph was listening to Weasel McGreed berate Ralph Ripoff because... You were just listening to Frank Welker berate himself because he played both characters. See? So back in the chicken coop, we learn some interesting new things about our titular Bear Scouts. Well, I mean, 
interesting, finger quotes in the mildly interesting meaning of the word, we learn that each scout has his or her own unique skill, but not really skill, so much as innate personality trait. Except for Lizzie, whose skill is kind of maybe witchcraft? So Brother Bear is thoughtful and sensible. Scout Sister is bold and spunky. Scout Fred is smart as a whip. And Scout Lizzie is able to talk to animals, which seems a bit unbalanced. I mean, like, she can communicate with animals, and Sister is spunky? Regardless, the Scouts get in an argument about whether Lizzie did or didn't see Ralph disappear, and now we're introduced to another new part of Bear Scout mythology, which is the Scouts grabbing things off the ground and saying, all for one and one for all, like the Bear Musketeers, which, okay, but it rallies them together when they're falling apart. They do this in every book, sometimes multiple times in a book. Get used to it. Also, they only do it when no one else can see them. There's a real secretive quality to the Bear Scouts. It's weird. Like, everyone knows your Scouts, right? Your parents know, right? Right? In any case, we learn that the weasels are kind of the boogeymen of bear country. No one really believes in them anymore, but they used to get blamed for any bad luck that befell the land. Only Grizzly Gramps takes them seriously and believes they will one day rise up against bear country to do something. I don't know. Also, the scouts really need to figure out how to make their pumpkin the spookiest. Also, scout sister hates spooky things. God, there's like three plots running through this book. Anyway. Ralph is instructed by Weasel McGreed to give Papa Bear a magic pumpkin seed because Papa Bear wants to win the biggest pumpkin contest against Farmer Ben, and Farmer Ben always wins. Weasel McGreed wants Papa to win, apparently, but only for tactical reasons, and it has to be Papa because his patch is on high ground, so he needs to get this glowing seed to Papa Bear. Also, Scout Leader Jane, okay, so they have Scout Leader, is back, and she thinks the Scout's plan for a creative merit badge has merit but also they owe her one more sleep out are you following this there's a lot going on meanwhile ralph gifts the magic seed to papa by claiming it's a super seed developed by ralph's cousin who is a pumpkinologist from pumpkin university i'm not making this up papa accepts the powerful seed and promises to keep quiet about cheating at a pumpkin contest the scouts witness the deal, but aren't sure what's going on, only that Papa is probably getting royally taken advantage of by Ralph again. However, when they try to follow Ralph, he disappears down a trapdoor in the middle of the road. Ralph is taken back to Weasel World, where McGreed is happy that Ralph did his bidding, but also angry that Ralph is Ralph, because apparently he hates Ralph, and orders him tied up and gagged and threatened with death, which is a situation we readers are used to seeing Ralph in. A quick aside. This Ralph, the Ralph in the Bear Scouts books, is very different from the Ralph in the big chapter books. That Ralph is a con artist with a heart of gold. This Ralph is far more just a bad guy who's literally colluding with enemies of the state. Don't confuse the two. We love the other Ralph. This Ralph is the pits. So the scouts figure out that the weasels are behind Ralph's weird behavior and figure out how to open the tree. They also consider telling the police, but no. Now... No, 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 nope. Ending up in Weasel World, the scouts witness the horror of horrors, a weasel army. Yes, hundreds of troops are amassing underground. Led by Weasel McGreed, there are enough weasels to conquer bear country many times over. They're building something, something huge and terrible and wooden and round 
And oh, and in another room, there's a literal war machine, like many stories tall machine with spiked wheels and a giant tank that looks like a dust buster. And in the next room are dozens upon dozens of cannons and weasels. And there's literally going to be a war. So the scouts rescue Ralph and they promise not to tell anyone about him colluding with the weasels because he could get in trouble. Like that's his whole argument and the scouts go along with it. Like they just go with it. Also, now this is where things get really muddy. The scouts decide not to tell anyone about anything they saw because they think no one will believe them, which, though, I mean, okay, there are hundreds of enemies with weapons underground in an easy-to-access lair. They could just take Chief Bruno to the tree and show him how to get in, but also they aren't really that worried because bears are stronger than weasels, but the weasels have weapons and cannons and a war machine, so their plan is to literally do nothing. Except, have that sleep out scout leader Jane needs in the pumpkin patch. Oh, and figure out how to make a spooky pumpkin. And, hey, scouts, can we get our priorities straight? There's a literal military madman underground planning on rising up and taking over bear country. So they make some spooky pumpkins, which causes scout sister to have a patented Berenstain bear nightmare about a gloppy pumpkin weasel chasing her and... She wakes up in the pumpkin patch, and Papa's pumpkin has grown several stories high. And Okay, listen. Uh, the giant underground machine was a sucking machine, and it is secretly sucking the insides out of the giant pumpkin from underground, and then the weasels are climbing up through the ground into the pumpkin, and all the wooden scaffolding they were building underground and the cannons and the stuff are being moved into the pumpkin, and it's a secret war pumpkin. Do you get it? The magic seed was to create a giant pumpkin that they could sneak into and use as a machine to take over bear. Oh, God, this is so dumb. So the scouts push the pumpkin over their cliff. That's it. That's all that happens. Fred suggests they use levers to push the pumpkin over a cliff, and he quotes Archimedes. Give me a lever and a place to stand, and I will move the earth. And then they move the pumpkin and do the all-for-one thing with their sticks. Papa loses the contest. The scouts get third place in the spookiest pumpkin thing. But they get their merit badges. Oh, and they never tell anyone about the weasels because all trace of them has disappeared. Gramps tells them, no one's going to believe you anyway, so why bother? Ralph gets off scot-free, and Gramps says, don't worry. At least you can take pride in what you did. The end. Okay, so look, this book is a riot and a mess, and I kind of love it. When I said it seemed like a lot was going on, I meant it. A lot is going on, and that is in no small part because the story is based (laughs) on several Saturday morning episodes. Ralph's disappearing act The introduction to Weasel World, The Legend of the Weasels, and the Cubs investigating what's going on are taken from episode The Wicked Weasel Spell. Uh, The whole Ralph giving Papa a pumpkin seed, the new The War Machine, the Archimedes quote, those are all from the episode The Trojan Pumpkin. And uh, then a few sparse elements, like the Spookiest Pumpkin Contest, are taken from the episode The Spookiest Pumpkin. And that's a lot of plot to not only cram into one book, but to tie all together and introduce the concept of the Bear Scouts, which isn't even in the cartoon. 
it's a whole lot to chew on, and it's not handled particularly well, especially the whole, we'll just keep this whole weasel thing a secret part at the end. And in the cartoon, Mama and Papa witness the pumpkin falling over the cliff and discover it was the weasels. Ralph is, he's still never brought to justice, but that's okay, because it's a Saturday morning cartoon. In a book, characters' actions need to be justified, and the plot twists itself into knots and tries to make everything fit together, and then ultimately, it fails. It, it fails. But, it fails gloriously. The humongous pumpkin is a mess, a terrible mess, but it's a fun mess, and I enjoyed every twist and turn it took. I loved reading it to my daughter, and she enjoyed hearing it. It's nicely illustrated, the weasels are a very fun element, and it's action-packed. From what I've read and seen already, the Bear Scouts books are going to adapt a lot of the older cartoons. So I'm sure we're in for a few more jury-rigged plot lines barely held together with hopes and dreams. The next book takes a story we've even covered already and mines it for plot, so join me for that one. If you're interested in owning a copy of the Berenstain Bear Scouts and the Humongous Pumpkin, you're going to have to look into used books because as of this recording, none of the Bear Scout series has been released in digital editions, and the books are long out of print. But, like most of the chapter books, copies can usually be found online for a few bucks. I think I found mine for three. Uh, and they're out there. They're readily available. Enough people bought these to make them available on the used market, even though, according to Mike himself, the Bear Scout series wasn't that successful. Still... It's a good start to the series. You're going to get to see a lot more Saturday morning cartoony action out of these guys just because of the basis for them. And it's nice that they were able to reuse plots that really hadn't gotten their due in the cartoon. So that's our intro to an all-new series, The Berenstain Bear Scouts and The Humongous Pumpkin. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to take one brief moment, if you'll bear with me, to advertise for my Patreon site once more. If you go to patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country, you can join up as a patron of my podcast. $1, $5, $10 a month, whatever you want to give. The $1, you'll get early access to any bonus episodes. $5 a month, you get to ask a question for me to answer on air about bear country. I don't care what it's about as long as it's clean. $10 a month, you get to request a book series for me to devote a special bonus episode to. The upcoming bonus episode is going to be covering Amelia Bedelia, so watch out. I'm accruing a lot of Amelia Bedelia books and taking some pretty heavy notes. It's going to be a fun one. But if you want to join up, please do. I appreciate anything you can give, even if you can't do the $1 a month. Anything you can do is wonderful. Uh, this helps me buy books because the books do cost money. It helps me pay for my uh, uh, the, the, the program I use to record. I pay a monthly fee for that. Um, and it just it's going to help me keep in equipment and keep just doing what I like to do. And you know, it just every little bit helps. I hate begging for money, but it's, you know, it's nice if you, if, if you can spare it. That's great. If you can't, I totally understand. Uh, so 
you can find me online at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. You can write to me at berenstainbearcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at bstainbearcast. You can also, uh, you know, just download the show wherever. I, you're listening to it already. Obviously, you figured that out. I have two other shows. I have It's Del Toro Time, uh, a show I do with my teenager, Ollie. It's all about the movies of Guillermo del Toro, the movies that influence Guillermo del Toro. Uh, this month, we've been covering for the entire month the novel Frankenstein, which is Guillermo del Toro's favorite book and the novel he's terrified of adapting and probably never will. Uh, watch him announce next week that he's going to adapt it. I don't know, but uh, we've been enjoying doing that. Tune in. It's a clean show. It's it's family friendly. We don't swear or do anything like that. We do talk about some you know spooky movies. So you know there's some. It's you know let's say it's like thirteen and up, ages thirteen and up. I also co-host a show called Click It Cast, a Beverly Cleary podcast uh, with John McCoy, and uh, he's the guy who does uh, the Sophomore Lit podcast. I know you all listen to, and uh, that's when we cover all we're covering all the books of Beverly Cleary. We just did the book Ribsy. We'll be moving on to the Mouse and the Motorcycle next. So as you can see, I read a lot of books and talk a lot about books. It's because I love what I do. I love doing this. The main reason I do it is just because I enjoy putting stuff out there and having people listen to it. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for being so supportive of this show and for listening and continuing to listen. It's a blast. I am having such a grand time. I dread the day I run out of Berenstain Bear books. Ha 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 ha. Like that's ever going to happen. So uh, as the winter approaches, buy coats, I guess. I don't know where I was going with that. Keep warm and I'll see all of you next time deep in a bear country. I also want to give a big shout out to Mitzi, Addie, and Ruben for providing the Bear Scout Oath at the beginning of this episode. Thanks, guys. It was a blast to have you on. <laughs>